Today on CityCast Chicago, as one election sets, another one rises. CTA and CPS answering big questions and how we're finding relaxation in the city. I've got Block Club Chicago journalist Jamie Nesbitt-Golden and WCIU-TV host Brandon Pope, a.k.a. the original CityCast Chicago scooter gang in the building. It's Friday, November 11th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. I love that the Scooter Gang still makes y'all laugh. For people who might be newer to the podcast, that might be one of our longest running inside jokes uh, on the show. This was a really stressful week with such a big election and months and months of preparation going into it. So I want to start on a relaxing note. I want to know what's something y'all did for yourself this week in the city or something y'all going to do for yourself this weekend that just brings you some relaxation, brings you some calm uh, throughout the week. Uh, Pope, I'm going to start with you. What's something you, you're doing or have done for yourself this week? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I'm definitely going to get a bacon, egg, and cheese uh, the best bacon, egg, and cheese in the city at Doma Cafe. That's that's got to be a, a must. Uh, and then I'm I'm seeing Wakanda Forever with some friends on Friday. Um, we're gonna mm-hmm. dress up, you know, have a good old black ass time. So I'm looking forward to that. You are you dr- are you dressing up like uh, as character? Or are you dressing up in like your white for like a, <laughs> a you know a, a home going celebration? We're, we're having an internal debate. Some of us want to do all white. Some of us just want to wear Black Panther attire. I'm I'm leaning toward wearing Black Panther attire because I hate wearing white. I hate it. I, I hate <laughs> I hate it, especially Same. after Labor Day. Especially at a movie theater. Like if if you're looking for a spot to <laughs> to like make sure that white gets messed up, go on to a movie. Exactly. Theater. Yeah, uh, sticky floors and all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, me, me and me and the gang is definitely pulling up on some Wakanda forever this weekend. Jamie, uh, what's something that you've done or are going to do for yourself? Wakanda forever. So I have friends coming or flying in tomorrow. And we're, I have another friend who ran out of theater out in the suburbs. So um, it's going to be a big deal. And we have to wear white. And I don't really. Oh, so all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like yeah, white you either. You know, so, no, it, nobody on the call likes it. I got a couple cream hoodies that I had to just throw in the, uh, the cleaners. And I hope, I hope they do me justice. I'm so scared <laughs> that they'll never look the same. Uh <laughs> This week, one thing that I did for myself um, was I went to the Bulls game. I got to watch the the 66 Bulls, um, you know, beat the Raptors after losing earlier this week. Uh, It was a great game. Getting to see, um, you know, the entire team in person for the first time this year was dope. You know, pretty much our entire roster that is healthy was out there. And I went with some of my best friends, including my older brother, uh, who recently had a birthday. And so uh, now I'm going to take that most of that exact group to see Wakanda forever. So, you know, in the midst of a, you know, uh, a kind of heavy week, I hope people like us, uh, you know, can be around the people they love, do the things they love to do, whether it's going to see a movie, going to catch the bulls, uh, or, you know, getting a, a, the last bit of sunshine as this mug dips down earlier and earlier every single day. Why did I have to bring it down? Why did I have to bring it down? All right. <laughs> You're right, though. It's 70, though. Let's look back on some stories from across the city of Chicago this week. Uh, One of the big ones that wasn't a huge surprise, but yet still deserves coverage. Uh, Brandon, break down who is the newest uh, contender for mayor of Chicago. 
Yeah, this has been like not a well-kept secret at all. Jesus Chuy Garcia, uh, the congressman, he won his re-election bid for Congress, uh, but also he is anou- announcing his campaign uh, on the 40th anniversary of Harold Washington, um, uh, announcing his campaign. And as many know, Jesus Chuy Garcia, probably one of the last of the Harold Washington coalition, rainbow coalition in a sense, and um, a big friend and ally of Harold Washington. So it's official. The campaign video is out. We've seen numerous pictures leaked of him filming the campaign video. When asked about it, he's like, oh, those are just rumors. Yeah, bro. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> nah, he, he, he got, and of course he hit the skyline and, and Lakeshore. He got a drop ride in the L. You know, he <laughs> talks about living in, in Little Village, raising his family there. I mean, over the last 40 years, Garcia has been a committeeman for the Cook County Democratic Party, county commissioner an alder person, a state senator, uh, a congressperson. And and you talked about Harold Washington. Forty years ago, Harold Washington did the same Mm -hmm. thing. Days after winning uh, in the first district, announced running for mayor. And that was a historical campaign, first black mayor in Chicago. Uh, Jamie, as as Pope said, this was not a well-kept secret. uh, But with the timing... We've already seen other candidates, right? Like Brandon Johnson secure some some of those progressive labor uh, endorsements. What what are your thoughts with uh, how the field is stacking up and and where Garcia ranks? There's just so many of them. Oh God! Like, <laughs> again, <laughs> here we go again. Um, that said, I think uh, Chewy's entrance in the race is going to energize a lot of folks. Um, and I look forward to that. I, I've seen, you know, Brandon Johnson, you know, sort of rev up the progressives and that's fun. Not sure what Sophia King is doing here. I'm worried about Paul Vallis, though, because the man doesn't know when to stop. If people can't tell, I believe that is a, th- a thousand percent sarcasm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you remind people who that is, though? Right. So so Paul Vallis... Um, ran Chicago Public Schools uh, back in the 90s. He's trying again, right? But this might be the best time he's ever had to do so. For the type of politician he is and the message he's going to go with, more of a conservative voter rallier, um, How refreshing that he's going to take the law and order tact. You you simply you sim- you saying that there's a there's a market for for what he's serving. Yeah, with right all the now, violence and all uh, that type of stuff, I think there's more people who are going to at least listen to what he has to say because I don't think anyone's necessarily happy well, I mean, with violence I, in the city. No, but but I think uh, in terms of like a candidate who's going to have a much better uh, time of getting people to sort of hop on that. Train. I, I think Ray Lopez is going to be that guy because he's kind of like a twofer, as Lightfoot was a twofer for a lot of people who believe that they're progressive and beyond identity politics. Um, and Ray Lopez is the the older person, one of the older people running against, um, you know, as well as Sophia King, who you mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, another crowded field, uh, another individual getting into it. I mean, how do y'all feel just immediately days after moving from a midterm election to now move into our municipals, right, with our mayor, our older people? Like, like this one is, is arguably going to be even more taxing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We're fully in mayoral season right now, which is why Chewy chose to announce now post midterms. And I think seeing the results in Chicago, the exit polling and seeing who voted and who was more energized to vote, we got to talk about the millennial vote. People ages 25 to 34 were the second largest voting block. And, you know, the perception is that millennials don't vote. But 
I'm willing to say now, after seeing those numbers, the winner of the Chicago mayoral race is going to be the person who wins over that key 25 to 34-year-old bracket because these are a group of individuals who are politically active, who are very savvy. Throw Gen Z in there, Gen Z as well, Mm -hmm. and they are very concerned about the future. They're concerned about rising costs just like everybody else, and they're going to go and make their voice heard. So I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch, especially with Brandon Johnson, a guy who is going to have a – a treasure trove of money to take big swings at Chewy Garcia and Lori Lightfoot. He's going to have a large volunteer base with SEIU and CTU behind him. I think you're going to get a very interesting three-pronged, maybe even four-pronged if Valis or Lopez breaks in a mayoral race with that, with obviously Lightfoot and Garcia being the flagship two there. We got... Plenty of time to go through each of these candidates' resumes over the next coming weeks and months. We're going to be looking at this very closely. I mean, many believe we're, you know, headed for an, an, another runoff for something that used to be rare in the city. Uh, they, they, they're a dime a dozen now. But let's talk about some stories that may have fallen under the radar during an election week. Jamie, what was that story that you were paying attention to this week? And you want to make sure our CityCast listeners are as well. So um, it it turns out Chicago Public Schools is having a problem uh, with lunch staff shortages and food shortages. And I think um, when schools like Whitney Young, which is one of the city's top magnet schools, is like struggling with this. Maybe it's time to pay attention. Um, I spoke with former lunch staffer um, at an Inglewood High School uh, recently who, for for them, you know, like these shortages were normal. Like it was normal to have like one less person sort of serving 300 students in the school. It was normal for um, vendors to overpromise food and underdeliver. There are no clear answers here. Um, just, you know, administrators saying that this is not going to happen again. Um, but, you know, this is definitely something to keep an eye on. And it sounds like there are like two things at work. Not only are there in schools a shortage of staff to, to serve the number of kids, but it also sounds like just the amount of food at certain schools, whether they are fully staffed or not, is running out. You know, what are ways that CPS is not only giving us that answer, but responding to this? Are, are we seeing more contracts? Are they reaching out to local grocery stores, local vendors? Are they offering higher incentives, right? That's the thing. We're not really sure because CPS isn't really being transparent about what they're doing. All we're being told is that we're going to you know, continue hosting monthly job fairs to get more people in the door. We're going to uh, do what we can to ensure you know, that we can provide on-site support to to ensure that you know, the meals are being served. But as far as the supply goes, still in the dark about that. Um, but these are these staffing and supply chain issues have been really plaguing the district since last year. We saw that, you know, with COVID, um, these issues started to sort of uh, pop up. We do know that, like, this staffing issue, like, um, there are 316 nutrition support services, service vacancies, and they're affecting 236 schools in the district. Like, it's ridiculous. But again, no clear answers. So we'll just wait and see. In addition to what's going on at CPS, another Chicago institution that is at, 
you know, hopefully going to answer some questions um, over the coming days is, is CTA, right? We've been covering this week after week with um, CTA President Dorval Carter uh, ghosting the Transportation Committee back in September, but now expected to sit down. Brandon, can you talk about the different things that Carter is expected to, to speak to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been growing frustration for months from writers, from politicians, from people all across the board looking at CTA's long wait times, deteriorating conditions, security issues, ghost buses, violence on platforms, and and you name it. Those, those issues keep mounting. Carter has released statements. He's given some statements to the media, but the city council has asked him to actually appear in front of them and answer some questions. He's expected to testify any, any minute. minute as we're recording. Absolutely. This. So we're going to be paying attention to that. Um, this is also under the, the the blanket of, you know, they're still looking to have a red line extension project and get more money for that as well. And some older men are like, listen, need if you like don't, two Billy, right? You need two Billy, right? So if you want that, you're going to have to come talk to us, right? So you're, you're seeing some gamesmanship here. And I'm really curious to see how people are going to respond because I also think we just talked about the mayor's race. The mayoral candidate who harps on CTA issues the most may be the one that edges out the rest. Because I think it's, you know, Chewy Garcia is the big story everyone's talking about. But this right here has the potential to have the most impact on voters and get people the most energized and probably any other issue in the city because CTA is just so crucial to people's livelihoods in the city. So it's going to be something fascinating to watch, no doubt. I, I think the best thing to do is some good news. <laughs> Absolutely. It gets people through the weekend. Oh, but Jamie, every single episode, we got to leave the people with some good news, right? What's that good news for you this week? So um, for uh, people who voted in this, this past election this week, um, Amendment one, uh, which uh, offers that, which is allowing voters to weigh in on the uh, workers' rights amendment, um, we won. So yay, labor! Super excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain exactly what what the amendment uh, will do? So, like, basically, it's going to prevent any passage of any right to work legislation, which means you won't be at the mercy of employers who want to get rid of you because, say, you called in sick. So, like, I mean, there was, of course, opposition, which was right among party lines. You know, uh, conservatives sort of lean towards empowering empowering employers. Uh, Dems are, are much more likely to support uh, labor protections. Um, so with, I think, 93% of votes were counted, 58%. It's right. It's about 58.5% as the time we're talking. But a lot of those big unions like SEIU have, have called victory um, and, and want to codify this, want to get this on the books that says, you know, all individuals have the fundamental right to organize, to bargain, to fight for wages. Mm-hmm. Brandon, what's your some good news oh, man. for City Cast? Velvety tones, yes, sir. So, <laughs> look like a Mel Torme. Yeah, there's this great effort and really unique effort in Pilsen to revitalize the Oppo Cultural Center. The Oppo Cultural Center, uh, back in the '60s, '70s, '80s, was a political hub for activists of the Mexican American community within Pilsen, but later it became a place for arts, 
culture, a place to have shops, a real cultural and neighborhood square. Um, and now it's just kind of a rundown relic of itself. So a, a great um, director, writer, producer named Ricardo Gamboa. Uh, he's from Pilsen. He's been working in Hollywood uh, with HBO and all kinds of different uh, organizations. He's a writer on uh, The Shy and stuff like that. He came back to Pilsen, decided, I'm going to create a play. I'm going to have that play inside the Oppo Cultural Center, and we're going to revitalize the Oppo Cultural Center through this play. And that's exactly what he's doing so far. It's a really interactive the play. The Wizards, that's um, what it's called, yeah. Yeah, I got, I, I got to see it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they just added two more dates for November 25th and November 26th for people who haven't seen it yet. And, and The Wizards, it follows a couple who recently moved back to Pilsen after uh, Ricardo's character, he plays one of the title characters. He was attacked in a homophobic hate crime in New York after the 2016 election. Him and his partner moved back to Pilsen. His partner is played by his real-life partner, Sean Paris. Uh, and they discover a Ouija board in their apartment, and it opens their world up to this supernatural experience uh, where they meet this uh, like Latino Motown cover band, The Wizards. And it's one of the wildest rides I've ever seen. It really is, like you said, a really cool way to bring people back to this building to um, kind of embed the history in this production. It's, it's a really dope play. Absolutely. And I'm just really excited to see, for people to see it, it addresses the Trump years and addresses the impact of the Donald Trump presidency in a way that I think a lot of modern art has not touched yet. Um, and it's, it's fun. So I say, hey. If you get a chance, go check out The Wizards. I loved it. I got a chance to check it out myself and, uh, you know, help be a part of something bigger than the play itself. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I promise you, you have no idea where that mug is going. You sit <laughs> out here, you got a clue in the world where you about to end up. Um, my some good news goes back to my um, community of Auburn Gresham. I talk a lot about growing up there, about going uh, to elementary school in the neighborhood. We recently did a neighborhood guide and a lot of changes are coming to the nine in Auburn Gresham, 79th street. You know, they got a Metro stop under construction. Jerk Villa is expanding. They got a, a $40 million apartment complex being built off Emerald. Uh, but one of the, the gems of the neighborhood that community members and the Auburn Gresham development corporation has been fighting years for it's finally opening today. It's the Auburn Gresham Healthy Lifestyle Hub off Peoria, right next to Leo High School. Um, it, it moved into a 100-year-old building that used to be a furniture store, used to be a public aid office, and now it's going to serve the community. Inside of it, they're going to have an urgent care clinic with dental and mental health services. They're going to offer tutoring and small business workshops with a partnership with UIC. They got a state-of-the-art training kitchen for people um, through a sponsorship with the Bears. And they, one of my favorite parts is Mickey's Grill going to be up in that mug. Nice. Uh, serving out the joint. Mm. And so they're going to have a red carpet, a Tavia Reed over at, at Block Club wrote a great article that I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, and it's just another example of, you know, revitalizing the buildings in a community. WCIU TV host Brandon Pope and Block Club Chicago's fantastic journalist Jamie Nesbitt Golden. Thank y'all for making time for me and our entire team at CityCast Chicago. We're always grateful to you. Thank you for having us. This is awesome, as usual. Always great, man. Thank you. The Scooter Gang rides on. Scoot, scoot! Oh my God! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> 
before I let you go, I want to give a huge amount of love to the team behind CityCast Chicago. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter writer Sydney Madden, the people who make the music we love, Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. And my last thank you, of course, is for you. The people who listen to CityCast Chicago, who subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, who just make time for the team. It means a lot to us. We're going to talk to you on Monday. Peace. If you want to be featured on CityCast Chicago, send us a voicemail at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and your idea. Bye.